Hello, quick announcement. There's a new name for you. The listeners to this podcast, even if you listen to it casually now and then, even if this is the first time you're listening, welcome to you people. You are now officially part of the Ragbag Alliance. I've stolen this term from somebody else. I caught someone on TV saying it, some guy. He seems to know what he's talking about, or at least appears to have the conviction of someone who does. So best of luck to him, whoever he is. I just heard the words Ragbag Alliance and thought, yes, I'm having that. So that's what you are. Consider yourself a fully paid up member of that elite group. And as a member of the Ragbag Alliance, your mission this week is to check out the latest episode of the Ragbag Rambler on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, press like on the video if you like, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and leave me a five-star review on a podcast platform of your choice, buy my books, The History of Sarcasm and 100, follow me on social media, Twitter and Instagram is Ragbag Frank, Facebook page is Ragbag Podcast. Most importantly of all, tell someone about the podcast in conversation. Word of mouth is the way to go. Now sit back and enjoy this brilliant bonus back. Welcome to Ragbag's Bonus Bag. My name's Frank Burton. My guest this time is the prodigiously talented, prolific and just always interesting musician, Colour. Let's hear some of his sounds, then we'll hear what he has to say for himself. This song is called I Don't Mind It. Flush red apple skin. I know you don't mean harm, but your smile is quite enchanting. A thread of your hair sewn with your needle stare and a rhinestone glare. A wave of fiery love taking full control and swallowed me whole. Stop. Look, are you hip to the sound? Are your hips turning round? Is your loss so found? I can find it. I don't mind it. I'll be kind, give it slack before I wind it. But I don't mind it. He doesn't mind it. 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 I know I'm not the only one feels this way. To have his heart beat slowly. I just wanna have some fun and feel a bit less lonely. you might be sounding I just feel my face warming 
and my heart start pounding, pounding for your We got some storytellers and poets and musicians going back a few generations. The figurehead, at least in my upbringing, was my grandfather, who who had 17 children and formed a family band, and they, you know, would bus all over the Midwest here in the United States, and you know, just gig around and pay for their private schools. They all went to private schools. He. His parents were gypsies. Mom was an Irish gypsy. His dad was an Austrian gypsy. And he, he ended up being raised in an orphanage and in the Great Depression and then ended up kind of going into a seminary. But then he met my grandma, who was kind of a, like, her, her family were kind of patricians. They were, more, they were wealthier. She has this, like, magazine of her with, as a hand model, like, glove model. It's like, what a long glove, you know, like fancy long glove it was like her, her claim to fame and so then they they, they got married and, yeah and have 17 kids and that whole family they all played jazz and jammed and they would always laugh and do all these and so like I liked it but I was always a little out of place because I wasn't really classically trained I didn't know what they were talking about <laughs> couldn't use their language I couldn't jump in on when they were playing jazz because I don't know what was going on <laughs> I was like I can play the blues but but not I don't know growing up I, I didn't have the I didn't have the the education as much as I did so I could, but then I then I started to learn it on my own because I my father has a he comes from a much different side he's not he's not very musical he enjoys music my grandpa is a very is, you know his big record collection and, and well he did and then my dad you know is doing the same he's got a nice record collection but. He's more of a computer scientist. My grandpa was a mathematician. My dad's a mathematician. They taught me computer science growing up, and he showed me how to set up computers and how to put them together. And it wasn't that hard. It was pretty. It was really fun too. And so then I found out how to make my own music, and I started composing in like 2003. And then I've been doing an album every year since 2006. Self-composed, like recording and my recording process and my and my writing process is all all kind of tied together and I just kind of just make the songs and let them let them go and then do it again year after year yeah that's the, the background is what kind of allowed me to do it like that have the uh, the engineering proficiency you can you can do it all yourself it's way cheaper and you can make it happen you can make albums happen a lot easier if you're doing it by yourself
know, because I grew up in a musical family, I knew it was possible. I had uncles who were musicians. It's like, oh, that's a thing. You can be a musician. Whereas I think of, I just think about if I was in a different family with non-musicians and, you know, it just, it would probably be a lot more of a stretch, a lot more of a, you know, from an early age being around it. Just anything. So, you know, I encourage everyone to, there needs to be more musicians, I think. Maybe that's, maybe I'm biased. <laughs> just in general, no one has to be like a working musician or something, but music in general, the educational benefits of learning music, all the studies that have, that I've seen at least that have shown the development, cognitive development of children when they start doing musical composition or they start reading or they start playing it, their, the rates of cognitive development has, an, a, has a positive influence. It makes sense to me, a well-rounded education. It's got like physics in it. It's got math. It's got some innate, really some deep innate primal shit, you know, like there's some shit going on there. We don't even know what's going on, you know, past our limits of understanding of science and technology ourselves. There's definitely this deep spiritual root, at least for me. And maybe that's because it comes from my grandpa and his background in the church or whatever, but I'm not, I'm not a Christian. I'm culturally, culturally a Catholic, you know, second, third generation uh, Irish Catholic in America. It's pretty chill. Like no one really believes it, at least in my generation. You know, there are definitely some spiritual roots to it all for me, at least. I, I've been like focusing a lot more on studying fairy tales and studying more about historical things. And, you know, maybe the, the ideas of myth. Joseph, when I read Joseph Campbell's Hero of a Thousand Faces about the hero's journey, breaking apart all the, all the great hero stories and why they all are the way they are, why, why they work so well. And he breaks it down and talks about the idea of myth. And he, he put it in a perspective that I could understand completely because of my background. Is he said that myth is the software of culture. That totally, totally blew my mind. And I started to open up into, you know, into understanding the psyche and understanding what historically what this myth, how they, how the human psyche is expressed through these myths and stuff. Or at least that's what Freud and Nietzsche and all those guys were studying. It's something fascinating, like trying to incorporate more in my intention of, of songwriting is to like, you know, be more, don't reinvent the wheel, you know, <laughs> great stories are told. There's reasons why they're told certain ways, maybe.
the story is you're riding on a falcon you wake up you ride on a falcon and you're just kind of in a fog and not and totally in shock and not understanding really what's happening and then then they inform you that they're actually you're not just on a falcon flying through the sky you're actually everyone's armored for war it kind of inspired a little bit by tolkien you know like but that that, that story is it's kind of a you just suddenly are in a whole new environment I, and I wrote that when I was at Trinity, actually, when I was in, when I was studying in Dublin. But then I I I wrote the chorus, and then I wrote the verses a, a couple of years later, and finished it. And when I write the songs, I don't really think too much about the poetry. I try to like put blinders on and focus on what what my instincts are saying, and I try to react to things, and I try not to dwell on meaning and purpose, so because I find the meaning is der derived through other senses I, I don't know it's only after the fact you can reflect on it and understand what it means but in the in the, in the moment it's kind of it's hard to put things in i don't know even though there are words it's just the feelings it's hard to put into words sometimes so i find i find it's easier i guess they call it a flow state just kind of in the flow state things are just coming out and so all these all those subconscious understandings and conscious understandings that i have are all kind of just working without much effort and you know it's just it's 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 just coming through and that was one of those songs where it just kind of came to me one day i was just thinking about it and it's it's kind of this existential crisis you know just being being waking up on in this circumstance and it's you know you just talk about falcons fighting and it sounds cool <laughs> Hold my hand and, darling, look, the trees ahead are being sure. Brace yourself, face the storm, soon you'll be safe and I give all my music out. I don't just like, it just doesn't appear. I give it to people, actively give it to people. <laughs> and then people share it with each other and say, oh, this guy's got the stuff you can, that he's given out. And it, it spreads, the, spreads the music. That's, that's my, has been my approach into the craziness of the music industry is I've, I've, I've just been giving, giving it out. I've been giving it out royalty free, um, but also open source. People don't really take advantage of the open sourceness of it. Like open source meaning, I release every mixer track, so people could remix things if they really wanted to, or just if you're a filmmaker and you just like one part of it, or you know whatever it is. When you share, people people share back. You know, it's interesting. It's really, it's kind of this uh, this different philosophy that doesn't really like. It feels like it's it doesn't even exist in in the music industry at all. Like these worlds of people sharing ideas and things. And then when it comes to the actual, well, actually indie labels are, are like a third of the in industry. So 
in terms of record labels like bands and all that stuff but when it comes to money that's a different story i don't know i it with the internet i think it's created this kind of internet culture of people who are sharing ideas and and people like then they know they can have access to all this stuff i don't know but i re, i release it for free because people are going to listen to it anyway i want them to listen to it why wouldn't i why would i restrict that at least as an emerging artist for sure i grew up doing web development and i I looked up to the people at the Pirate Bay because I was in this internet culture. And so the people at the Pirate Bay, they're like heroes, you know, these free speech heroes. Like, because I had access to all this stuff and I was able to, I was able to make music with, and I was able to like express myself and make art that my friends appreciated and that I appreciated. And I had access to all these tools and because I could download this program that cost 600 bucks that my parents weren't going to buy for me. I know I've bought it now since because I, I can, but the, the limits to, of what I could do were, you know, limitless, because I could, and these, these same type of people that shared the music, that was the, probably the first seed of my music being out on the internet was through this uh, private audio file, so they're, at least they call themselves audio files, pe- people that are obsessed with audio quality and listening to the, the best quality audio, and, you know, they're nerds like me, and that's that's what I... I found a little like refuge there a couple of years in a row. I uploaded some albums. They put it on their front page and I got tons of people engaged in that, in that world. And it's actually totally crazy because when I, the year I was working in the software industry here in Milwaukee, when I left my job to go to Trinity to pursue music full time, there was this guy who worked remotely. He was the lead front end developer. And as I was leaving the place, I was like, yeah, I'm leaving. And he was a drummer. Um, but he, he and so I knew he was into music and we talked a little bit about music, but nothing. And he's like, Oh, so you're leaving to go study music. That's totally cool, man. I'm like, and at this point I felt totally open to sharing, you know, then I just started sending my stuff to everyone in the office, you know, be like, all right, now I'm, that I'm gone. I don't feel bad about sharing this because now this is really what I want. I've been wanting to do the whole time. I shared it. He goes, Oh my, Oh my God, dude. He's like, you're color. Holy crap. He goes, I've been listening to you since 2009. The year that I, and from that website that I had uploaded to that was on the front page. And I was like, holy shit. He's like, dude, I love your, and he started talking about that. He's like, I can't believe I've been working with you for this whole year. And I had no idea that I was talking to this musician that I loved so much. I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. Indirect tactics, efficiently applied, are inexhaustible as heaven and earth. and streams, like the sun and moon, they end but to begin anew, like the four seasons, they pass away to return once more. How you gonna try to be someone, when the people can't see you, uh, how you gonna try to open those doors, when you don't use a handle, how, you can walk till you move and you're in control, ride the group, be in touch with the vibrations, ooh, ooh, yeah, ride those vibrations. I'm at a point where I'm paying my rent and I'm able to, to start to you know, go out to eat every once in a while. And for the amount of work that I'm doing compared, if I were to do all that time and all those hours as a software developer, you know, I'm definitely nowhere close to that. This year is starting to break the, I guess they call it at least the 
adjusted gross income is just is, is probably going to be right around the poverty line, but that's the adjusted one. But, the, but here in Milwaukee, it's really not the high cost of living. So it sounds crazy, but a single person in the neighborhood that I live in, I pay pretty cheap rent. And, but you can't really, you know, even with all that to achieve more, you know, if I want to make more, more and more things and try and expand in different horizons. And ultimately what I, my goal is just to try to make it to give back to the community, you know, as much as I can. And one of the things that I'm trying to build that, and I think, I don't remember if we touched on it, uh, we talked before, but the free music land, free music dot land. It's the site that I'm building, which there's an email sign up list there. And basically it's a site for musicians to use the same type of platform and kind of philosophy that I've just been describing about re essentially releasing the music under a creative commons licensing. And what, it, what that does essentially is Creative Commons does a pretty good job of making it more readable, more understandable to the average person. For the average musician, like there's, there's going to be no legal gray areas other than if you want to have some exclusive contracts with people. Essentially, it's one way to license your song. Songs can be licensed in many different forms and at multiple, multiple, in multiple mediums with multiple licenses. A song, once you have a license of a song, it doesn't mean it's forever there. You know, that might impinge maybe on other, other licenses, like I said, the exclusivity of things. So this site is going to essentially just be a, an easy place for musicians. It's going to be curated by me at first. People will be able to um, sign up and upload. Um, it's going to be more of a curated thing. I'm going to try to go locally, like I said, try to get back to the community because there's a lot of musicians here that I know that have an amazing, amazing music that YouTubers would just absolutely go nuts over. Tw streamers would go nuts over. Podcast people would love it, love to use their music for their theme songs and things. Since I have a small, you know, seems it seems to be like I was mentioning, a lot of people who gravitated towards my, the, you know, my music or other Creative Commons music is because they can use it in their in their work. And if you like a song, what's a better song to to use in your videos than the ones you like? It's so much easier to create when you actually like the song. That that's the idea is that filmmakers and podcasters and streamers will be able to use it without getting a hit, you know, there won't be some copyright claim and their video will be demonetized or they won't shut down the stream or, you know, Spotify is not going to yell at you if you uploaded your podcast to it. it and it's also the big, uh, for a bigger mission of the idea of moving culture in that direction where musicians don't get, you know, strangled by those types of ideas, but actually like letting it free actually creates more as opposed to closing you off to more opportunity.
Well, I listened to the new Black Keys album. I'm a huge fan of the Black Keys. And their new album is great. They're at the point in their career where they don't, they don't need to make anything uh, revolutionary, you know? And I think they did it right. They, they kind of stuck to, stuck to the basics and they went back into producing it themselves. The last four albums have been Danger Mouse, I believe. And they're both, you know, they're very, very capable producers. They won Grammys for other projects they've done on production. Man, one of my favorite, song, favorite albums is this album called Lockdown by Dr. John. Oh man, that song, that album is so good. And, it, and Dr. John's recently deceased. He died maybe like half a year ago or something. He's the Cajun, Cajun voodoo man, but he's a, he's a legendary. And and Dan Arbach got to produce an album, one of his albums. The 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 singer and guitarist of the White Keys, is Dan Arbach. And so that that's a great one. But what I've been listening to, other than other than that, I've been listening to a lot of this. Uh, I think it's Icelandic music. Hildur Gudnat. The door. It's like minimal. It's very haunting. It's like ambient-ish. It's a lot of strings and choral arrangements, um, but done very simply and and simply in the sense of like very. It's very focused on texture and the fundamentals of the harmonics, as opposed to you know. There's not a lot of this fast-moving things. It's very kind of low tempo very spooky at some points you know that's a good way to describe it maybe a little spooky but i i really like that stuff it, it I, I i listen to it when i'm when i'm working it puts me in a trance icelandic stuff seems crazy i i, I love it i'm fascinated with that stuff because i first started to listen to more minimal music with max richter he's from over by you max richter is this english minimalist like with brian, brian eno it's so good and Max Richter has this, has this, what is it like? It's like an eight hour long album called Sleep. It, it's very, it's the most calming. When I, when I'm, when I need like a, when I need to go to my happy place, you know, like a safe, safe, calming place, I put on Max Richter, or sorry, I put on, uh, yeah, Max Richter's Sleep. And it instantly just relaxes me. It's crazy.
brilliant thanks for listening all the links to Colour's music can be found in the show notes Colour also has a podcast it's called Colourcast it's spelled C-U-L-L-A-H by the way what else can I tell you oh yeah buy my books The History of Sarcasm and 100 on Amazon watch the Ragbag Ramba video series on YouTube check out frankburton.co.uk I will see you next time power to the Ragbag Alliance is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more.